Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in everyday life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast. I'm here with Pastor David, Pastor Bob. My name is Liz, and we are um, talking about something great today. It's the fivefold ministry. And if you don't know what that term means, just stick with us because you will in just a second here. Uh, it's a it's kind of a churchy a churchy term. So we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about what it is, how it functions, what it's for, what it does, all that good stuff. So as we're jumping in here, um, Pastor David, do you want to give us like just a initial, what is the fivefold ministry? Yeah. Fivefold, obviously the number five is involved. So there's five <laughs> offices that Jesus has given the church to help equip the saints. Uh, the saints would be believers because believers have that identity as saints. And Jesus isn't just going to leave us without people to pour into our heart and without people to help sharpen us in different areas and different gifts that he's given us. So he's given people, he's given the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the evangelists. I don't know if I got that in the right order, but those are the, those are the five. <laughs> and he's, he's given them to the church in order to equip the saints and really to like reproduce themselves in the saints. Mm -hmm. And so we need all five of these offices. Some people call them mantles, which is the word for cloak, you know, just something that is on a person's life. Um, we need all five of these operating for us to show the full expression of who Jesus is. So if somebody doesn't get that ministry of the fivefold, they might be a little lopsided right in their Christianity. They might not be fully mature, complete in what Jesus wants them to be. So um, does that answer the question? Yeah. So when you're talking about <laughs> offices, you're, I mean, obviously you're not talking about like a business office, no, right? You're talking no. about like a, an official position or like an appointed position yeah. in the church. Mm -hmm. um, Pastor Bob, maybe you could lay out for us the scriptural basis for this. Well, I also, uh, scripturally also, uh, besides an office, I actually look at the, that group of five, um, uh, whether men or women, by the way, that's a whole nother aspect of this talk, mm -hmm. um, that they're the, they're a gift to the church. Mm -hmm. They actually, they themselves, Jesus Christ is, it's like he's wrapped up a gift and given it to you and you get to either accept it or reject it. And we see that actually happening. So I believe that, uh, you know, like we read out of Ephesians four, that this uh, gift is presented to the church. And actually in the context of Ephesians, the entire context of the Ephesians, I like to get things, the, the why, why is Paul talking about this? Mm -hmm. Like, why is he? And if you look at Ephesians, the first few chapters are really uh, talking about who you are as a person in Christ. Of course, he was mm -hmm. talking to the Gentile church in Ephesus, and they, um, he wanted to make sure and establish they knew who they were. And, you know, how they were born into Christ and they're holy before him. And and then the next three chapters are really the more tangible, the maturity component of it, which I, I think we are going to talk about that a lot because these five office gifts, whatever you'd like to call it, mm -hmm. um, they have an assignment to build the church. Mm. Like that is their main thing. And they are a foundational component of the church. Um, and many times... A lot of Christianity takes those foundation pieces and puts them on top. Right. Right? They, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they're, it's, it's, to me, it's backwards because they're really designed to serve, to build up, and to edify the church yeah. like they always were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that is one of the most common misconceptions that I've heard 
throughout Christianity mm-hmm. is that the fivefold ministry are kind of like you said, like they're kind of the the top tier, mm-hmm. and they're in a hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? So, and you can kind of progress your yeah. <laughs> progress mm-hmm. your way through the fivefold ministry, right. but it's so it's so not like that. Like that's not right. how God has designed the fivefold ministry to operate. They are supposed to be men and women who mm-hmm. are yielded. And like you said, I mean, like the word says, the um, the church is built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, where m- many Christians put them like mm-hmm. they're the pinnacle, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like the yeah. more the more holy you are, the mm-hmm. more you progress right. to being an apostle, like it's some achievement. A super apostle. Super right. apostle. <laughs> Paul talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's like this, the better Christian you are, right. the more you can excel and eventually go into the fivefold ministry. Yes. But that's so, it's so not like that. Do you want right. to speak to that a little bit, David? Right. Um, every Christian has a gift. And, you know, Simon Peter even said in Second Peter 1 that they have a faith of equal standing with the people they're writing to, those being apostles. Mm-hmm. So no one gift is higher than another. It's just where are these gifts being directed? And for example, the office of evangelist, every Christian should be evangelizing. Their ministries in the world, their job, wherever they've been sent. An evangelist is actually sent to the church, and they have a role within the church. I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves um, exploring more about the evangelist, but it's all based on where your focus is. So if if your gift was administration, that's not any worse than an apostle. That's not a lower level. A lot of apostles need people with administrative gifts or else all their visions will never come to anything. Right. They'll just be dreams. They'll never hit the earth and produce anything. So it's really, really important that people don't have uh, a second-class citizen mentality mm-hmm. about their gift, but just realize that they've been given the prophet, the pastor, the teacher in order to build them, in order to actually um, round them out. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of sense. Yeah. And I okay. think we're also where we're going on this is that um, the, these aren't gifts or offices that you get to attain to just because you went to a lot of schooling, mm-hmm. uh, right? And because they're actually given from God to the church. They don't come from man. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I understand, you know, study to, you know, show yourself approved. Mm-hmm. Those are great things. Everyone should do that in God. They should study him, not just necessarily a bunch of stuff, you know, more people, uh, although that some of that's included, but the reality is, is that I believe that church nowadays, uh, probably especially in America, has turned that into, like you were saying earlier, a hierarchy that you attain to, almost like a, 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 the corporation part of it, mm-hmm. which is um, more business modeled rather than uh, God modeled in mm-hmm. kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, the business model, unfortunately, in the world, it takes it to a whole crazy place where you have to basically, you know, work your way over the top of everybody. You know, it's the dog eat dog thing. And that's not the way it's supposed to be in God. Matter of fact, he talked to his apostles directly and said, this won't be like this around with you guys. If you want to be the, you know, the top, you have to serve everybody. I think he laid it out really clear in those, in those scriptures. Like this is how Jesus looks at his fivefold ministry because he came to serve, right? Yeah. He's a servant leader. He didn't come to be served. And so he's expecting all his leaders, especially those who have been called to and, and selected by God, which is a whole nother mm-hmm. aspect that people have a hard time with mm-hmm. to be those servants Yeah, and how you like grab onto that. And 
uh, like we teach here at our school, obviously you're both teachers in the school. If you're not willing to serve, then you are actually not worthy to lead. <laughs> and that's right. the real deal. It mm -hmm. doesn't, it actually doesn't matter your calling. Uh, it doesn't matter how good you are at things. If you aren't willing to serve, to be like Jesus called us to be and to be what he showed us and manifested, you know, you're of no use to him, even though you have great gifts yeah. that he's put in you. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a minister because no. a minister is a servant. Yeah. <laughs> you're a Lord. Yeah. You're a ruler. Remember the apostle Paul, he wasn't afraid to call himself an apostle and to even back it up. But his number one title he used was bond slave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was out yeah. to serve. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Bob, can you speak a little bit to the difference between um, carrying a gift and being the gift? Like oh, yeah. The distinction? Yeah. So uh, generally, I'll, I'll, if we look at like a prophetic uh, gift or mantle, um, the anyone in the church can and should prophesy. They should have the ability to uh, uh, be activated and operate in that gift of the prophetic. Uh, for that matter, anyone in the church should be able to shepherd at some mm. level, not yep. pastor. I did, you know, so I'm getting right. away from the titles now and getting into the functions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the functions of a, uh, someone who prophesies is to bring the word of the Lord. The function of someone who shepherds is not to necessarily be a pastor. It's to care for people. Yeah. And so that component of it is, um, uh, anyone can do, I guess you would say. But these gifts we're talking about out of Ephesians, the fivefold ministry that we call it, it, they are actually the gift themselves. So they aren't, they don't just carry a gift. They are the gift. And you are you, a gift. What's that? You are a gift. No, you know, no, you're, you're a, a gift. gift. She's a gift. Like, <laughs> you're a gift. No, I love it. <laughs> but, no, it's great, isn't it? But see, I think what that does, it sets up the church to esteem people properly, not weird, not big, haughty, big head, mm -hmm. can't walk through the door, you know, none of that stuff, mm -hmm. but to, you know, to honor somebody like, okay, they are a gift from God to me. And if I don't receive them like that, who am I rejecting? Hmm. Right. Hmm. And that gift can't look at themselves as God's special, you know, everything to every, everybody, God's gift, God's mm. gift, right. In that terms, because that term is, is very specific, right? Yeah. It's someone that's gotten haughty mm -hmm. instead of realizing God gave, gave, God gave David to our church to care for us. Yeah. And so when I look at him, I look at God's gift and then, but now it's on David to, uh, contain his who he is rightly before God, mm. humbly, not mm. weird, not throw you, put yourself down, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But to really, with humility and carefulness, to uh, bring the word of the Lord to God's people, to bring God's care to God's people. Those mm. things are. You know, that's the deep end of the swimming pool stuff. Like, right, I mean, you right. don't hear that. It's like, hey, I'm going to go to, you know, the um, a Bible institute and become a pastor. It's like, it doesn't even matter if you're called. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter if God wants to make you that gift. I'm doing it. And right. yeah, you can do that probably, you know, in corporate land, you can do that and you work your way up. Just a bunch security. of knowledge. 
you have job security. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> the call of God is so important for you to know that it's from him where you're at. Um, I was, I was taking seminary classes in the past and I felt I was called to be a pastor and that wasn't happening at the church I was at. So I was like, I'm going to go on the normal path in America and, and get educated. And I believe in that. I believe it's awesome yeah, to learn Greek and Hebrew and apologetics yeah. and it's so important, but the Lord spoke to me before I had really begun that. And he, he said, I will train you. I've put you in every position you've been so far. I have trained you and I will continue to do that because you're going to know anywhere that you serve. It's because I put you there. Yeah. And I had, I had to trust him. He's been faithful to continually um, put me places where I can serve that, you know, that's my heart for, for his kingdom. And eventually people would recognize, you know, the gifts um, that he gave me. But like Paul said, um, what do you have that you didn't receive? Everything you have is from heaven. There's nothing that, that you have that God didn't give you. Right. And if that grace doesn't humble you, no amount of beating yourself right. is going to humble you. Like you have to see <laughs> you have to see that you are what you are only by his grace. grace. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not saying that any of that knowledge is bad because we, we ourselves have a school. We want, mm-hmm. we want to build people and see those functions going in their life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who you are as a gift and where God's placed you, you should trust in him. You should allow him to place you wherever you need to be. Because then you know it's from him. It's not from man. Right, right. Well, there's such a distinction between I'm this gift and I operate in this anointing, right? And that's my that's my purpose is to operate in the apostle anointing or the evangelist anointing. That contrasted with I have been given as a gift to the body of Christ, meaning my life belongs to them completely mm-hmm. and my purpose is to... Um, equip them and train them in how to operate in this gift, yeah, in right. this anointing, right? So yeah. the the contrast there, because a lot of times I think a misconception is like with the, a prophet um, mantle or office, let's say that that person is the one that's supposed to do the prophesying, right? Right? They're put in the body of Christ with the office of a prophet so they can prophesy or the teacher, right? They're the ones who are supposed to teach everybody. And only them because that's their anointing. And so then it becomes this like pedestal of Mm -hmm. these are the people, these are the appointed people to do these things. When in reality, the reason they're given to the church is to equip them with the anointing that's on their life, right? right? The prophet, his main purpose is not to prophesy. It's actually to train and equip other people in prophecy, which means he has to pour out his life into them and serve them and build them up and encourage them. So the contrast there, there's just such a misconception of the purpose of the fivefold ministry in Mm. the church. It's an outflow, not an inflow, Mm. right? It's supposed to be a giving, you know, and not just receiving. Mm. And so when it, and like I said, there's always honor involved with it. There's always those things, but uh, which are good when they're kept in, you know, godly context, but it's really so, like you say, and it's really the crux of anybody's listening to this and, and thinking about what the fivefold means, or maybe has misconceptions of the fivefold. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fivefold was designed by God to help the church. Yeah. <laughs> like just to help the church, because like you say, scripturally in, well, in Ephesians 4, where it goes on from there 
is it's talking about the maturity of the church, the perfection of the church, uh, not just the final perfection that will occur at Jesus's coming, but also what's happening in between now and then yeah. and how people are supposed to grow into the knowledge of Christ. And that doesn't happen just by accident. It doesn't just fall out of heaven. It did fall out of heaven as a gift on the actual people <laughs> who yeah. have to now distribute their their gift, their anointing. But then I have to receive it from a human. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A flawed human. A flawed human. But what if they're not my favorite person? Oh, yes. It or they, they hurt my feelings. Welcome or, to the church. Uh, <laughs> sounds like okay. all of the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's writings. Well, I think Jesus wasn't everybody's favorite person uh, either. And that was Jesus. <laughs> like I would say a lot of times if Jesus showed up in the church, I wonder how welcomed he'd be. I yeah. wonder it'd be like, I don't know. Uh, can we see your credentials? <laughs> Seriously, right? right? And yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a little hard, but it's a little scary too. It's like how we get so that we will actually receive him because it came from him. Like I said, mm -hmm. in, you know, like I said, Ephesians starts off with this whole idea of God predestining and calling people. Mm -hmm. Now I was, I have a funny take on that because I think that, you know, I believe in predestination, but I believe you know you're predestined if you if you receive him. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so people go, you know, they'll argue about that all the time. I'm like, yeah, if you receive him, then hey, guess what? <laughs> you're predestined. That's good evidence. That's <laughs> you <know>? good evidence. <laughs> if you don't, don't worry about I it. Guess you weren't. <laughs> you're reprobate. <laughs> yes. Oh <gosh>. Well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, actually, I, you know, anybody who's listening to this, if they don't even know Jesus. I would like them to know, or, you know, they're kind of turned off by religion and churches mm -hmm. and, or they just yeah. want to be the them and Jesus church, you know, mm -hmm. their own, gotcha. uh, you know, forget the whole fivefold thing. I would say, you know, that's a big thing is that if you know him, if you receive him, then you know that you were called by him and you're predestined mm -hmm. and you can be really confident in that. And then if you're doing that and receiving that, you will receive the rest of his gifts. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, Liz. Yeah. How do you, how do you look at people who you know are that gift? What, is, what, what does it mean to you? How do you look at them and uh, how do you approach them? Uh, what happens if you don't like them? Well, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe you don't like everything the way they operate. Yeah, I mean, I don't like everything about any the way anyone operates. So you know, there's not, yeah. I don't think there's any one person that I completely agree with 100 percent about their life, except for Jesus, right? Because he's the only perfect one. Even then, sometimes like I don't think I would have done it that way, but he, you know, if we're being real here, yeah. uh, <laughs> because I'm a person with opinions that are, and I learn and I grow. But when I'm look when I look at someone who has this fivefold anointing on them, um. I really look at them as someone that I, I can come under their anointing and receive something that I don't have, right? Like Pastor David has the evangelist, the office of an evangelist. I don't, I don't carry that. I need him to equip me in that because that's something I actually really want to learn and grow in. Yeah. And so I, um, I love being around him and just hearing how he thinks because people who have an office of these things, they it's so much their nature, like everything about them thinks that way and feels that way and perceives things through that lens. And it's like, it's so contrary mm -hmm. to how I 
view things. So yeah. if someone has, you know, an office like that, that, and it's a gift that I don't, I haven't experienced in my life. I haven't been equipped in. I'm like, man, I want, I, I have the opportunity now yeah. to have that void, that missing part filled in my life. Yeah. Same thing with like an apostle. Like when you come under the anointing of someone, cause it requires you submitting yourself it's a great word submitting and coming under being willing to come under their their mantle their covering their anointing so that you can receive from them and when you do that it opens up to you all of these things that you had never experienced thought of before you start to perceive things in a different mm-hmm. way you um, you process things differently. Mm-hmm. It's a great, it's a great thing. And so I love to see when people are, uh, um, appointed to an office and then they actually start to really step into it. Cause mm-hmm. that's a whole thing, right? You mm-hmm. can have this resonant gift, but embracing that and operating in that mm-hmm. as a whole other thing, when they start to do that, I'm like, Oh great. I get to come under that now. And it opens up something totally new for me, which may be a totally selfish way to look at it. I don't but. think that's selfish. I think also uh, it takes a yieldedness, a yielding mm-hmm. to do that. Because what you're really doing when I hear you explain that, um, and we've danced around this word for a while, but there's an authority mm-hmm. that comes with that office mm-hmm. or gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not somebody that's a dictator. You know, it's not that kind of authoritarian kind of person. It's right but they have an authority from God. Mm -hmm. That's the anointing you're talking about Mm -hmm. and how, um, we, we get to either yield to that anointing or just deny it, reject it, pull back from it. Mm -hmm. Just like everybody who came in contact with Jesus. uh, Well, let's go there. Like you said, sometimes you don't agree with Jesus. So I think you're being, uh, brutally honest. I think it's a great (laughs) thing. I think a lot of people, if they're real honest, they'd say that they go, you know what? Jesus was the gift from God mm-hmm. and from the father and, uh, given freely to everyone. And we don't want to come under that anointing under that authority at times, mm-hmm. even when we know him, we just, so there's the struggle. Right. There's the rub. I, the, I'm getting to know him. I'm knowing him more. And then there's sometimes, I don't know about you. I open the word and I go, Phew. Really? I don't, I don't think so. God, <laughs> we, we need to have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cause apparently somebody wrote this and I don't know what they were thinking when, you know, right. and you're, so you're, you're working out your faith. You're working out your, uh, salvation. Like the Bible said with fear and trembling. Cause the, and that the fear and trembling is even when you disagree, you still bring yourself to that place to go, mm-hmm. Hey, I know I need you. Mm-hmm. I need, I know I need you to teach me. I know I need to be yielded to you. So I'm working it out with you. Mm-hmm. I believe the same thing happens with the fivefold ministry because yeah. I don't think everybody likes everybody that's in the fivefold ministry. No, <laughs> I don't think that they agree with them a hundred percent. Well, and there are some um, places like if you are there, there's some places where the offices, the different gifts, they, um, they rub on each other. There's friction mm-hmm. there because they have different perspectives, different priorities, different values. So, you know, a pastor is very like, wanting to bring people in and, um, protect and all of those things, Mm -hmm. which may be very opposed sometimes to like a prophet or an evangelist push, right. Of, Mm -hmm. of things. And, um, so I guess what I'm saying is one of the things I've learned is sometimes when I have friction with somebody and I don't understand, like, 
I, I just don't understand this person and why don't they see it this way and why do they always like that? And it's like mm-hmm. getting in my mind like, oh, that's actually their gift and there's something I have to learn from right. them. There's something they have to impart to me because I'm lacking, yeah. right? I'm lacking that part of things. I'm yeah. lacking the the shepherding <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> hasn't always been the most natural thing, you know, and then you're presented with the shepherd that's always like, concerned and looking for what's coming and warning and you know and I'm like let's go you know and it's like so frustrating but it's like realizing oh I actually have to humble myself and realize here there's something that they are supposed to impart to me that's going to mature me that's going to better equip me for the work of the ministry it's going to fill a lack that I have but I have to acknowledge like there's a lack that I have there it's not just that they see things wrong and I see things right there's actually something I'm missing yeah. That they have to get. So you to say me. like the five so it sounds like even between the fivefold ministry, there can be conflict oh, because of their their gift, because of their purpose. They're not supposed to necessarily have conflict and they have to work that out, mm-hmm. right? But uh, you know, Pastor David, like what do you what do you think about that? What do you think about the conflict and how does a fivefold ministry like how do they how do we deal with that? How do you bring ourselves to the unity of the faith that we're all talking about here? That was a tough question, huh? How how do we have peace? Love. Love one another. See Jesus in one another. I think, um, you know, Jesus said, whoever receives me receives him who sent me. And the ways that we receive Jesus, we receive him through the least of these, right? It's, it's often the person that you never thought was communicating Jesus is that was how Jesus was speaking to you. Um, whether it's the person in prison or whether it's the pastor, right? It's, you have to see the face of Jesus on people around you and, and yeah, test everything by the scripture. Everything has to, you test apostles to see if they're false. You test prophets to see if they're false. You test pastors and teachings to see if they're false. But if you're not going to just reject someone, like you're going to say, I'm going to receive the gift that this person's bringing without necessarily being exactly like them because I'm not going to see the needs that they see even either. Somebody has a gift of mercy. They're going to see the needs of the poor. I might not see those at all. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has an emphasis I don't agree with, they're probably seeing a need that I don't see. So there's a humility that I need to have Mm -hmm. because I'm very uh, discerning if you use the right Christianese term, or you could say critical, or you could say discriminating, uh, judgmental, if you were, if you were being mean to me. And, you know, I have my own viewpoints on theology and my own ways that I think services should be conducted and ministries should be carried out and how the word should be presented and a certain reverence with which it should be presented. And people don't always do that. And so it can be really tempting to judge according to the flesh and say, um, well, that person is ministering in a way that I wouldn't. Um, and yet they have so much to give. Mm-hmm. The Lord has actually gifted them. The Lord has is speaking through them. And yes, if they say something that's blatantly against Scripture and against Jesus and against the emphasis of the gospel, I'm not going to receive that. That's up to them. They're, they're accountable before God for that. Uh, I'm accountable for how I receive them. And I need to receive a prophet in the name of a prophet. I need to receive a pastor in the name of a pastor. If I do that, I can receive the gift that they're bringing. Mm-hmm. If I just say, no, nope, person's an idiot. Nope, wrong, heresy. Nope, wrong doctrine. I'm not going to receive anything from them. 
Mm-hmm. And again, right, it's a fine line because obviously you should not tolerate false doctrine. That would be the office of the teacher would say like, what's the sound doctrine? We need to make sure it's right. That's so important. But at the same time, are you going to cripple yourself and impoverish yourself because everyone has to meet your view of the world mm-hmm. as a minister before you can learn anything? If that's, that's the way good. it is, you're going to be locked into the denomination you were born into. You're never going to learn anything. You're never going to be sharpened by brothers and sisters around the world from other streams of Christianity. You're never going to nuance your position. You're never going to learn how to defend your position in a way that's gentle and that's actually persuasive. If you're just judgmental and dismissive, um, well, good luck to the church Church moving forward. Um, the last <laughs> thing I'll say on this is that you know the context of Ephesians 4 is about preserving the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So yeah. the mm-hmm. biggest strategy the enemy would love to do is to divide pastors from apostles, from mm-hmm. teachers, from evangelists, mm-hmm. and say right. the pastors in the world will say, nope, these apostles and prophets are replacing the Bible. They think yeah. that their word is the Bible. That's never been what apostles and prophets have claimed. They, they need to line their life up with the written scripture. If we can give people the bond of love and we can, we can have the scripture as our guideline, but we can be willing to listen to people from different perspectives and different streams and different theologies, we will grow in maturity and we will have that bond of the spirit and the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Then the the kingdom will move forward. As long as we're fighting each other within Christianity over things that are open-handed issues or things that are just personal preferences or emphases or terms, we're not going to move forward. Yeah. Well, I think uh, what you're describing there is that someone who puts themselves like that, like an island they become a one-fold ministry unto themselves, and they're the, they're the final say in everything. They're unteachable, unmovable, un-everything. But they can do that kind of religiously and not realize that, you know, they're taught, they could be getting taught of the Lord through somebody, not just, you know, missing it quite a bit. Well, actually. yeah, and the whole issue here, the whole purpose for the five-fold ministry is to bring people into maturity, to bring them... Right to where into Christ likeness to the measure of the stature of the mm-hmm. fullness of Christ, and when you are um, in a place or a church or that's not operating with the full fivefold ministry, mm-hmm. there's a limitation. Then right there's a there's pieces missing that are necessary to bring us to maturity. And even if in a church that has a fivefold ministry completely operating. If I decide I don't need them or I don't need to receive from them, I'm now putting a limit on the maturity that can be manifested and developed in my mm-hmm. life. And so it really is, whether it's accepting the word that there is, you know, all of these offices are relevant for today and needed for today to bring us into mm-hmm. maturity, or whether it's me as a believer deciding, yes, I can do Jesus and me and have a great life with Jesus and be a nice person. But if I'm really interested in becoming like him and stepping into maturity and having um, being equipped for the work of the ministry, that requires the church and it requires the fivefold ministry and it requires me yielding and again, humbling myself and being willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's this great, these are great, God gives the best gifts. Like these are great gifts that he's given is it's not like this oppressive thing Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be over people, just, you know, holding them in some weird power struggle. It's not that at all. It's this, these wonderful gifts that are given to each of us Mm -hmm. to grow us into maturity. And I know sometimes people really struggle with, um, 
feeling like they're less than because they're not part of the fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we can just speak to this just for a minute here, because I know it's a, it is a, it's just, it's a real thing that happens in church. People feel rejected. They feel like they need to prove themselves more mm-hmm. so they can be part of that. But there is a different perspective of like a prophet operates in the prophet's anointing, but someone who's receiving from all five, they can actually be like fully furnished in all five mm-hmm. of those anointings. Yeah. I don't know if this is making sense what I'm saying. Like maybe we could just speak for a minute here too, because it's a reality in the church. People want to have the office. They want to have the mantle of something. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, God decides that. No person decides that. But how do people deal with that in their Well, I think the Apostle Paul, when he wrote, and I would suggest anybody listening is that they go actually read the book of Ephesians, all six chapters, and study it. Mm -hmm. Because then they will see, like I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Paul starts off by securing you and who you are in God. Mm -hmm. You know, who you are as a person, Mm -hmm. your identity, Mm -hmm. accepted in the the beloved. This is who you are. And so he sets that down. And then he starts to speak. Uh, maybe you know personally, but generally too, because by the way, he's speaking to the fivefold ministry. Also, you know, he moves on to Ephesians two, and he's talking about you know, we were all dead in our mm-hmm. trespasses. We were none of us were exempt. Nobody was you know born a, a fivefold perfect minister just started out that way they had to come to christ also and without that little component so the 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 playing feels very level so like i said paul's very i think he's very strategic as an apostle and a pastor in that he's establishing to his church there hey you know you, you have an identity in christ and nobody can take that away from you and only you can secure it with him so there's a very there's a personal empowerment of each individual. Then he's moving on to like I said, okay, so we're it, we're all even in this because we all came the same way. Nobody was better. Nobody was right. born better. Mm-hmm. And so he leveled that playing field really carefully. And I believe when you re, like say if people study it, then they go, oh well, that means even the apostles, even the pastors, they had to come the same way, mm-hmm. and they. And God, the way he loves them, he loves me. And like Pastor Dave was saying earlier, you know, that it is based on, we get back to the love issue, which is the key behind all the unity and everything else. Because without that, you're not, um, you know, you're going to have a hard time, you know, with Mm -hmm. the whole submission thing and all everything we've talked about. So I believe that your, um, how you, um, how Paul approaches this process really helps people um, find their place in Christ. And realizing that God, trying to answer your question, that God's building up an entire church, yeah. a body, that it's not just one individual. And so you, these people may have a specific assignment, but a person that doesn't have that specific assignment is still as critical mm-hmm. to the entire the entire church. And like I said, he makes that really clear other places, like, right. hey... One suffers, everybody suffers, you know. Right. One's or just having, because I'm not an I, I'm not important, yes, right? Yes, yeah. and, and and just in every area, you know, if we, if you're uh, not discerning the body of Christ as an individual, mm-hmm. and people don't like to talk about this, but, you know, Corinthians is, uh, talks about this, and that is, you know, you could be basically hurting the body of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of better words, killing the body of Christ. Uh, there's sickness, there's death. 
And it can be because you're you're not discerning and knowing where you who you are and being good with where you're at and recognizing that these other people are they're in the body with you. They are not better. Yes. <laughs> that's the deal. And yet they are still should be honored. But like I said, you know, Paul talks about this too, the whole honor thing. He's like, what about those parts that are not, you know, uncommonly part? What about those? You know, they get more honor, Mm -hmm. actually. And so he's, he's like I said, he's a wonderful, you know, shepherd, pastor, uh, and I believe, you know, apostle, like establishing the church Mm -hmm. and pushing like an apostle should do, you know, you know, a general that pushes the army forward, if you will, he's pushing his church forward in these, mm-hmm. in, in these scriptures, in the context of these scriptures to become the church of God that's supposed to grow up in the earth. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, uh, I believe anybody who's in the fivefold ministry, it's on them also to pull everybody else up to them, not make everybody feel like you're be- they're below you. Right. I don't know if that answered your question completely. But. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, maybe you could speak to this too. Like how does someone manage their heart when they desire something, you know, they desire um, a, an office, a mantle, whatever it is, and that's just not yeah. who they are or maybe it hasn't been revealed yet. Yeah, or it hasn't been revealed. And mm-hmm. whoever desires the office of an elder desires a noble thing. It's not. It's not bad to desire those things. But I would say um, if all you care about is to be an apostle, your sights are too low. You're aiming, you're aiming way too low. Mm-hmm. And you're focusing completely off because our high calling is to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, okay. you know, the apostle John said in First John, whoever says I abide in him ought to walk in the same way in which mm-hmm. he walked. He's not saying if you're called as an apostle. Like if you're, No, we actually have a calling to be like Jesus and to mm-hmm. focus on him. If you pursue Jesus with everything you have and you say, Jesus, I just want to be like you and I just want to show people who you are, there's going to be so much power that comes out of your life. And the Lord is going to gift you according to his measure and according to his will. You'll be stronger maybe in one area than another, but you're going to be displaying him. That should be your goal. And maybe that's like, hey, you're you're a mercy person. Hey, you're a, a teacher. You're a you know what, whatever it is, whatever it turns out to be. It doesn't mean that's all you do. It's not like, mm-hmm. man, I need this gift or this impartation before I can do these things. Yeah. You might have to pursue if you need more training or you need counsel, or you need mentoring, whatever it is to grow in an area. You might have to pursue that, but pursue Jesus first, mm-hmm. and don't settle for okay, cool. I'm a pastor. I work at a it, okay. How how stupid would it be for me? Like, hey, I got a calling to be a pastor, and I'm a pastor at a church. I'm way more fruitful than these other Christians now. It's like, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to stand before Jesus at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So titles and gifts and talents mean nothing in, in the judgment of God. It's your faithfulness and your fruitfulness, how you have displayed Jesus to people. And the one that had two, cha- two talents that, that yielded two more was commended. Like mm-hmm. the one who had 10 better yield at least 10. Like that's, that's just a greater responsibility. Um, remember all the people with great giftings and great callings and prophets and apostles in Matthew 7 that Jesus said, uh, depart from me, I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. you. You cared about casting out demons and prophesying in my name and building the organization of the church and everything else that, that you could boast about as a minister mm-hmm. in the fivefold, someone that's focusing on the church. But Jesus said, I wanted you to know me. Mm-hmm. I wanted your goal to not be how do I how do I 
man, these other people, are they know what they are. They're prophets, they're apostles, they're pastors. I don't even know what I am. It's like, okay, well, actually, yeah. you, you are one That's who's funny. supposed to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's a way greater honor. <laughs> Yeah. You get to come in the throne room and, and meet with him. So I, I could kind of ramble on this. Yeah. More more no, I totally <laughs> resonate with what you're saying too, because no. uh, I was one of those people that was like, I just want to know which part I am. Like, just tell me which part I am and I'll do it. Like I'll put my whole self into it. And you know, so we had like prophets come into our church. You're supposed to set people in ministry. And like, I was like fasting and like, all right, Lord, like you're going to tell me what my place is and then I'll be able to operate in that. Mm-hmm. And they, they didn't, this, you want, they told me, this is what they said. What you're a part of is more important than the part you play. And oh, they said boy. it again, what you're <laughs> a part of is the more, is more important than the part you play. And, and then they went on, like, never set me in a ministry, never set me in an office, never really just like, it was like really about the church and how great the church was and mm-hmm. being part of the church, you know? And awesome. I was like, so devastated because I was like, Lord, what, why are you keeping me from serving you? (laughs) Like, why aren't you telling me which part I am so I can do it well and I can be anointed in that and operate. I just want to serve. And I had this like wrestling time with the Lord where I was very upset (laughs) with him (laughs) because I was like, why won't you just tell me? Why won't you just tell me what I was supposed to do? He so sent you do in it. as a bewildered person. Yes. <laughs> the bewilderness. And, <laughs> the bewilderness. And so after this time of like dealing with my faith and my, you know, anger towards God and repenting <laughs> and all of that, I finally came to the conclusion that, you know what, whatever, whatever it is that he has for me to do, I'm going to do what's in front of me and I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to serve. If there's a need in the body, I'm going to meet it. And it really kind of took me out of this place on what is my part. And it, and it allowed me then to see the body and see the needs and be able to not get, not get pigeonholed into, well, this is my anointing. This is my office. This is what I do, this narrow area and like see the body of Christ as a whole and be able to operate that way. And as I began to serve and as I began to just yield to the next thing. He was yeah. like, whatever you say, whatever the next thing is, I'll say yes to it. And then it started being, you know, and oh, I want you to prophesy. Like, that is not who I am. I'm a background person. I don't do that. So you were asking God for direction and then <laughs> refusing it when he gave it. Because he didn't directly, it wasn't like a prof- prophetic word over me. It was just like this pull on my spirit. And I was like, uh, like, I have a lot of wrestling times with the Lord. But all that to say, my desire to like be set in a spot be set in a gift, be set in a anointing. None of that. It wasn't bad. The desire wasn't bad, but my Mm. focus was very limited that way. Cause I was focused on what is my part. And he was like, no, you're missing, you're missing it. Like your focus is too, is too narrow. What, what are you a part of and how can you bring life to it? And so not getting locked into this, this ministry, this office, this place. And as he began to do that, he began to unlock and show different things and reveal different giftings, I would say. Mm-hmm. But it really like what started out as such, such a frustration <laughs> really yeah. ended up setting me free yeah. into whatever he calls me to do, he'll anoint me to do it. And I don't have to, I don't have to know that ahead of time. I don't have to have it all figured out. Like this is my ministry track. It's what are the needs in the body? And how can I serve? Yeah. I think um, it's wonderful that God 
walked you through that and you know walked it along <laughs> with you patient. so that he's, he's patient. really patient with you i can <laughs> <Yeah>. tell <laughs> i wouldn't have been that bad. no wait, i have been <laughs> anyway <Yeah. laughs> so but um i i was also thinking in these terms uh because we're talking about the fivefold ministry and how it's looked on it and a, a strange thought came to my mind is that a lot of times people view the fivefold ministry as people who are just experts in that thing that they're called to yeah. Right. Yeah, like, true. okay, so they're a prophet. So they are going to prophesy all the time and their prophecies are going to be perfect. Mm. Oh, they're, uh, you know, a pastor. So they're going to preach all the time and they're going to preach better than anybody else. Mm. It, that's not that's not the job. Right, <laughs> that's not right. the job description. Right. And so people, I think, sometimes will have and I actually think it's a worldly uh, concept that, oh, so if you're that person in the pinnacle, you are the best at that thing. And like we were talking about earlier, the fivefold has more to do with the anointing they have to um, you know, exert that anointing, that mantle, that power into the rest of the church to build yeah. it up into the fullness of Christ. Mm-hmm. It, their job is not to just be the church, the entire church. And their job is not to do their thing absolutely perfect mm-hmm. because i personally know people who don't prophesy a lot but they're a mantled prophet because mm-hmm. of the way they can exert their their anointing their authority and the way they exert it where they build the church up mm-hmm. and then i know people who prophesy really good like they sound good when they prophesy i'm like wow i wish i could do that <laughs> <laughs> you know and they you know they're smart they're articulate they can you know and they're anointed yes they're not a mantle prophet. Yeah. They just happen to prophesy. They which is like what we all should do. Or I know people who can uh speak or preach better than a lot of preachers. You know, a lot of preachers mm-hmm. struggle. They struggle with what their message is, how they're delivering it. They go home that night and listen to it and go, Oh my God, I'm not <laughs> you know. So they they mm-hmm. run through some of that mm-hmm. themselves. But but the reality is their anointing is to come and feed the church yeah. or to tend to the church. It's mm-hmm. not just to be the best at what they're doing. And mm-hmm. I think the world concept is people think, well, see, that guy's attained yeah. to that level of perfect. Right. Rather than his job is to bring the church That's good. to perfection. Well, the yeah. weirdest thing is when somebody who's not skillful is really anointed. So somebody that's a, a really anointed evangelist will go up in front of a bunch of people and be like, well, okay, um, time to receive Jesus now. And hundreds of people go yes. forward. Yeah. And you're like, you know, you know, ripping out your heart. Trying to, come on, come on, stand up now. Right. And one kid's like, maybe, you know, maybe I'll get saved. Raise yeah. hand, you know, but it's completely what the Lord does through people. Mm. And it's uh, it's very humbling because you can't forget that. Like we're going to build skills in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we'll increase in anointing. We'll increase in faith. The disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. We can mm-hmm. pursue a lifestyle that increases our faith. And But at the end of the day, it's it's by his anointing. It's yeah. not by might or power. It's by my spirit, oh, we says the Lord today, Almighty. Huh? Just like it says on <laughs> Pastor Bob's coffee mug. Prophet right there. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> so he knew what he was doing when he brought that in today. <laughs> yes. But it's just weird. You know, it's when funny. you experience that anointing, it's kind of 
it's weird. It's a little shocking at times. Um, I, you, you mentioned that about evangelists. Well, you know, one, one of the greatest of our, of all time, you know, Billy Graham, I, mm-hmm. you know, little story. I, I actually went to see him in New York and it was after years of Are not from really, New York. Yeah. New okay. York, yeah. New York. And it was not, it's after years of not really appreciating a evangelist and actually thinking like, oh, you know, you know, people are just being swept in. And I, I was just a total unbeliever when it came to it. Okay. To be very honest. With you. And I got the opportunity to go see him. Uh, I brought my mother. Okay. And we're there and he's preaching pretty decent, you know, pretty hard message, actually, probably kind of message to get him thrown out of some churches, but and here he is. And there's 90,000 people in the group. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like David said, he just started like some, first of all, you felt it first because the spirit of God just went like came, you like that sound? Yeah. That's the spirit of God. That's the spirit sound. That's, yeah. <laughs> These guys make it fun because I always make sounds. You have to make sounds. Okay. Um, so he, it, God just like moves in in a really strange way and, and it's tangible and all of a sudden he starts giving a call but it's you know it's not a raw raw i mean it's just like so plain it's it's underwhelming is all i can tell you except the anointing was overwhelming mm. and all of a sudden people are you know i'm watching people who are you know uh you know, Arabs from Saudi Arabia coming up, weeping, crying, <laughs> receiving Jesus. And I'm like, I'm totally shocked. You I know, mean, my, all my unbelief mm. got like snuffed down by that anointing. Mm. Like that, it wasn't because he was such a great preacher. It wasn't because his, um, when he gave the call, it was so slick and so perfect and it just manipulated. It wasn't any of that. <laughs> it was God anointed him and it, it was almost irresistible. It was that kind of thing. Mm. I I thought I was saved. No, <laughs> no I, it being saved, I was like, I still want to. I yeah. feel like like you know, you feel that wooing of God, you know, because that's where God's at. Yeah, that's where He's interested in His church, His body yes. being brought, being wooed, being loved into that place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, it's um. I just as we're talking, I don't know. I just. There's something, there's something so essential about someone yielding to the anointing that God has chosen for their life, not the place that you would choose, not the gift that you would desire, not the office that you would desire, but actually yielding to the appointed place that God has put you in and the appointed purpose that he has for your life. And whether that's part of fivefold ministry, whether it's in the gifts of helps or administrations or mercy or all of these other things that are so essential for the body of Christ, there is this yielding Hmm. that is required to the appointed position of the Lord. And, um, just as we've been talking of just, um, I don't know. I'm like so stirred that there are people who have just been held in so much turmoil and bondage in their mind because they feel like they're supposed to attain to something that they were not created for. And it doesn't, and it's, and that could be fivefold. It could be not fivefold. You may be struggling because you're called to fivefold ministry and you don't believe that's actually who you are. Mm -hmm. You may be struggling because you think that that's the place you're supposed to attain to And it's not at all. God created you to do something completely different and he needs your anointing in the appointed place that you're in. And um, just as we were talking, I don't know, I just feel like there's, (laughs) there are people who are listening that the Lord wants to deliver you 
from this, this turmoil and struggle in your souls, like similar to what I experienced yes. of just like, I don't know what my part is. And that means I can't operate in anointing. And it's the Lord is not like that. He, he doesn't withhold things from us because he's trying to exert some power struggle. It's because he actually wants to deliver us into the place we're really intended to be and allow us to see things the way he sees them, not this narrow perspective that we think ministry is. So I just want to like speak that to some people yes. who are listening or watching that there are some of you who have really struggled with this fivefold ministry thing because you feel like in order to be validated and as an anointed minister, you have to be put into one of these offices. And I just want to like break that lie off of you because that's not the truth at all. The Lord appoints people to the body of Christ. But if I didn't have my foot, it wouldn't matter if I had you know, my hand, I'd be missing a foot and my, I love my foot. It helps me to stand and to walk. And we equate the fivefold ministry with the hand. It's dexterous. It does a lot of things, you know, the fivefold ministry things, but each part is so essential for life. And so I just want to speak to some people out there that are listening to this, that you would actually receive into yes. your spirit and allow it to penetrate into your soul and your mind that you don't have to struggle for position. You don't have to try to attain to something and you I'm mean, just like break off the rejection that you feel because you're not being recognized or validated in the way that you think you're supposed to. I'm just going to like de uh, deliver you into freedom today that you can operate exactly where you are in the fullness of anointing. Like that Billy Graham anointing that he had for evangelism, you can fully operate in that yes. in helps ministry, in showing mercy to people and bringing healing into their lives and bringing wow. hope to them and encouragement. People have a gift of encouragement. That is so essential especially in today's world, people need to hear, they need courage inf infused into their soul because they're so fearful. So I just speaking to you today by the spirit of the Lord, that wherever you are, whatever he has put in your hand to do, whatever he's put in front of you to do, do it with all of the anointing and the power of the Lord. And don't worry about position, not having a position. And if you're called in fivefold ministry and you're afraid of that, we'll break that off of you too yeah. right now because yeah, whatever the Lord has appointed you to do, he supplies everything you need to do it. He gives you authority. He gives you grace. He gives you ability. He gives you competency. He gives you uh, influence. All of those things that you need to do to be who he's called you to be, he will supply it. We just have to believe and yield to it. So, we're going to kind of wrap up our time today. It's been really great. I feel really stirred up, obviously, <laughs> right now. But I hope, um, I, I'm just loving this conversation. I know we're going to be talking more about the different um, uh, fivefold ministry positions and offices. Yeah. So please join us for that. It's going to be a great discussion. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.